Hi, I'm Jim Stroud, and this is my podcast. The path to progress is not always easy. Recently, I read a report from the Daily Mail which sounded like a harbinger of things to come. Here's a quote. Quote, Police in Arizona have recorded 21 incidents in the past two years concerning vigilante citizens who have hurled rocks, pointed guns at, and slashed the tires of Waymo's autonomous vans. In other cases, people stood in front of the vehicles to prevent them from driving, yelled at them, chased them, or forced them off of the road. End quote. This type of reaction to technology is nothing new. In fact, it's been going on for a lot longer than you might think. I'll explain after this message. To fully understand the privacy of Facebook and how it's likely to evolve, you need to understand one thing. Facebook executives want everyone to be public. As the service evolves, executives tend to favor our open access to information, meaning information you think is private will slowly become public. But that doesn't mean you can't be private if you want to. Facebook gives its users the option to lock things down, but users need to be aware of their controls, how to use them, and how to prepare for the future Facebook privacy changes. Facebook has not and will not make information obvious, and that's where my special offer comes in. Go to jimstroud.com free and download the very unofficial Facebook privacy manual. That's jimstroud.com free to download your free copy of the very unofficial Facebook privacy manual. One last time, download it now at jimstroud.com free. Operators are standing by. Imagine you are an entrepreneur and you produced clothing for various customers around the world. One day, a machine was invented that did the work you performed and it did it faster and more efficiently than you ever could. And to make matters even more interesting, the cost of using machines was cheaper than the cost of employing highly skilled laborers like yourself. Sound familiar? If it does, you might be a student of history because that very thing happened in the 19th century and it sparked the movement, the Luddite movement. The Luddites were 19th century English textile workers who protested against newly developed labor economizing technologies, primarily between the years 1811 and 1816. Inventions like uh, the stocking frames, spinning frames, power looms, these inventions introduced during the Industrial Revolution threatened to replace the highly skilled Luddites with less skilled low-wage laborers who could run those machines and thus leave them without work. Now, the Luddite movement culminated in a region-wide rebellion in northwestern England that required a massive deployment of military force to suppress. Now, fast forward to the year 2015 and history uh, kind of repeats itself. When uh, taxi drivers all over the world uh, are protesting how Uber and its technology is disrupting their way of life. The backlash of the protesting taxi drivers includes fires, arrests, 
and an unprecedented civil unrest. If you want to know the details, Google the term Uber riots and be amazed by how far the uh, disdain for Uber goes in certain countries. Now, fast forward to 2018 when people are attacking Waymo's autonomous vans. When I read the article, uh, my reflex was to dismiss the concern of neo-Luddites fighting the inevitable future. However, as I read more about why the people were attacking the autonomous vehicles, I had to admit to sharing some of their concerns. Here are a few quotes from an article posted by uh, The Next Web. Quote, One Arizonan from the city of Chandler became so fed up with the sight of Waymo's vans in his neighborhood that he stood on his lawn pointing a pistol at the human safety driver inside of one as it passed his home. He told police he wanted the person in the car to be afraid, presumably to send the message that self-driving cars aren't welcome. He's one of dozens of citizens on record who've engaged in wildly dangerous acts provoked by, apparently, nothing more than the idea of a car driving itself, end quote. Here's another one, quote, People have thrown rocks at Waymo's. The tires on one side were slashed while it was stopped in traffic. The vehicles have been yelled at, chased, and one Jeep was responsible for forcing the vans off the road six times, end quote. And one more, quote, Why are people so angry at self-driving cars? After all, None of the reported incidents we've seen indicate the people attacking machines and harassing their human safety drivers are experiencing road rage. It doesn't appear as though anyone got cut off by a robot or got tailgated or had one sitting at a green light in front of them. It seems the existential threat that driverless cars represent is the sole catalyst for these outbursts. End quote. As I read uh, deeper into the article and others like it, the resentment was not that the autonomous vehicles were taking people's jobs away. It was primarily a safety concern. In March 2018, uh, Elaine Herzberg was killed by a self-driving Uber vehicle, and no one wants to see that history repeat itself. I get it. It is a very real concern. So what can be done about it? What can car companies do to make the general public feel better about autonomous vehicles? Well, um... I have a few ideas. The Society of Risk Analysis published a report in the Risk Analysis Journal which sought to determine how safe is safe enough for self-driving vehicles to be accepted by the general public. Well. According to their research, the answer is approximately four to five times as safe as human-driven vehicles. Hmm. So, how do you do that? Well, let's say that all autonomous vehicles must be linked to a big brain in the sky that records every accident and every fatality caused by an autonomous vehicle. Once that incident is recorded, everybody sees what happened and every variable that contributed to that accident whether that's weather conditions, uh, human beings not paying attention, whatever. As soon as new accident or fatality data hits the system, a community of scientists will begin working on a solution 
and then program that solution into all autonomous vehicles so the same accident under the same conditions would not happen again. Furthermore, inside the autonomous vehicle is data detailing how many days since a fatality was caused by an autonomous vehicle. That data would be, or should be, accessible to people before and after they ride in an autonomous vehicle, all so they can feel empowered to make a decision that's best for them. Make sense? Eh, maybe not. I'm curious. <laughs> that's just my idea. What's yours? How would you make autonomous vehicles acceptable by the public? If you love what you heard, hate what you heard, or don't know what you just heard, I want to know about it. You can reach me at my website, www.jimstroud.com. In addition to finding source material and related information for this podcast episode, you'll find other goodies that I hope will make you smile. Oh, before I go, uh, please financially support this podcast with a little something-something in my virtual tip jar. There's a link in the podcast description. Your generosity encourages me to keep this podcast train chugging down the track. Hello, and welcome to Novel Conversations, a podcast about the world's greatest stories. I'm your host, Frank Lavallo. And for each episode of Novel Conversations, I talk to two readers about one book. And together, we summarize the story for you. We introduce you to the characters, we tell you what happens to them, and we read from the book along the way. So if you love hearing a good story, you're in the right place. Our ninth season is coming this fall. Tune in to hear from some of the all-time great authors, Charles Dickens, Jules Verne, F. Scott Fitzgerald, and more. Subscribe to Novel Conversations wherever you listen to podcasts.